voice for LGBTQ plus youth and music only on synth. This is Loud and Queer. Queer. Welcome to Loud and Queer, the voice for queer youth and music on Sin. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, her, I am bisexual and I'm coming to you on Boonwurrung land and I would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. And hi everyone, um, my name is Bailey. As of today I'm sort of trying it out so just bear with me if I like stumble over it or whatever. Um, you otherwise know me as Laura and my pronouns are they, them. I'm bi and queer and I'm coming to you from Wamba Wamba and Parepa Parepa land and uh, yeah we'd like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and we acknowledge the traditional owners on the land that we're recording from um, and the land seen broadcast from past, present and future. If you want to check us out after the show, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud, that's at S-Y-N Loud, or Loud and Queer on Facebook. And you can also check out our previous podcasts on any of your major podcast streaming services like Omni, Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Music. So you can tune into Loud and Queer uh, on the podcast, or if you want to listen to us live, you can check us out on the Sin website, that's syn.org.au and you can stream us there or um, jump onto your local radio and and we're at 90.7 FM on the on the airwaves. Coming up on the show we're going to talk about um, just our you know regular news whip. We're also just gonna have a little bit of an interesting chat um, just from like just some stories to come up just a bit about like gay bars and the kind of cults around that just just a bit of a, our own thoughts in that matter. And then we're also going to just have a little talk about queer culture and picking names, which Bailey will explain as well once we get to that topic. And then, of course, our regular froth or not. Um, we're going to jump into our um, news whip now, but just a quick content warning. We will be addressing issues of transphobia, forced sterilization, incarceration, and Dave Chappelle because he deserves his own. <laughs> he is his own content warning. warning. He's just one big red flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is, isn't he? In gay news this week, transgender Victoria founder and LGBTQ plus activist Sally Goldner AM is stepping down from her role at TGV after more than 20 years at the organisation. In a statement online yesterday, TGV said, we honour her advocacy, activism, education, work and finance skills as part of her numerous personal qualities and her iconic status as someone who has devoted her life to bettering the world for trans, gender diverse and non-binary people, as well as bi, bi plus communities. Goldner was co-founder of Transgender Victoria in 1999 and has been a member since that time and worked in many capacities, including as a volunteer, staff member and committee member throughout that time. Goldner was involved in the 2013 amendments to the Sex Discrimination Act and the 2019 Victorian Birth Certificate Reform. She also served on the Victorian Government LGBTI Justice Working Group between 2006 and 10, and also between 2015 and 17. 
Amongst many other achievements, Goldner has been a great person of influence for trans and gender diverse people across the country. Thank you, Sally. The Verge reports Netflix has fired a leader of the Trans Employee Resource Group who organised the upcoming October 20 walkout. The employee, who is black and currently pregnant, asked not to be named for fear of online harassment, and they've been encouraging trans employees and allies to walk out in protest of Netflix's handling of Dave Chappelle's special, The Closer. The employee declined to speak to The Verge for this story. A former employee said in an interview with The Verge, all these white people are going around talking to the press and speaking publicly on Twitter, and the only person who gets fired is the black person who is quiet the entire time. That's absurd, and just further shows that black trans people are the ones being targeted in this conversation. Uh, The employee was terminated on suspicion of leaking metrics to the press related to Dave Chappelle's special. Those metrics about how much Netflix has paid for the closer and how many people it reached subsequently ended up in a report on Bloomberg. While the employee has shared the metrics internally, they spoke out against the leaks to colleagues, worried they might hurt the walkout movement. A Netflix spokesperson told The Verge that field suspension was was related to her tweets. The spokesperson said, according to The Verge, it is absolutely untrue to say that we suspended any employee for tweeting about the show. Our employees are encouraged to disagree openly and we support their right to do so. All right. And, and again, just want to say... Um... Yeah, really sorry to that employee and um, I haven't really seen any like actions to sort of um, address this. I don't know if there are petitions out there or what's going on, but it just, yeah, I, I want to see more movement on this because it's quite upsetting that Netflix's CEOs this week have just been doubling down. So, yeah, maybe we can do a follow-up on it. Hopefully, um, yeah, I'd love to see a happier ending to this, ideally with the Ideally with it that ideally with it being taken down. Yeah, and they're definitely trying to scare people by firing one person and saying it's nothing to do with, you know, organizing. Yeah, but, <laughs> um Well we know we yeah. know the truth. So yeah, also content warning just one more time for forced sterilization in the upcoming story. So, from them news, a trans man in Japan has filed a request to have his gender legally recognised without being forcibly sterilised as, as is currently required by Japanese law. Gen Suzuki, 46, filed his request on Monday in the Shizuoka family court, according to Japanese daily newspaper, The Mainichi. Family courts oversee changes to family registers, which record births, family relations, and gender. While Suzuki has undergone hormone replacement therapy and top surgery, he doesn't wish to get bottom surgery, citing a heavy impact on physical and mental health. He says it is wrong for the state to force an unwanted surgery. There should be various options. The newspaper also reported that he and his female partner hope to marry, but in order to do that, Suzuki would be compelled to legally change his gender as trans people cannot get married without doing so in Japan. If his request is rejected, he has indicated interest in appealing to Japan's Supreme Court. In 2019, Japan's Supreme Court rejected a similar appeal from Takakito Osui, a trans man who claimed that the sterilization requirement was unconstitutional. The court disagreed, claiming that the requirement was constitutional as it is meant to reduce confusion in families and society. While the ruling was unanimous, two judges acknowledged the social mores were changing and proposed regular reviews of the law with respect to, quote, personality and individuality, end quote. Okay. 
Also from them, the majority of transgender inmates in New York City's Rikers Island Jail will be temporarily transferred to two state-run facilities outside the city, state leaders confirmed on Wednesday. The move is a response to severe staffing. The move is a response to a severe staffing shortage at the eight jail complex, which has worsened its already deteriorating conditions and led to many inmates to lose access to basic resources. To ease the burden, approximately 230 inmates will be taken to the Bedford Hills Correctional Facility and the Taconic and the Taconic sorry, and the Taconic Correctional Facility, both of which are in Westchester County. Inmates with pending immigration-related matters will remain at Rikers. Activists have criticised the prison system for moving trans-incarcerated people between the facilities without improving their living conditions. Many are forced to remain in solitary confinement for their personal safety reasons. That was our LGBT news whip for this week. Uh, If any of those stories caused you distress or concern, please contact Lifeline at 131114, QLife at 1800 184527 or check out their online chat or Kids Helpline at 1800 55 1800. Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin. You're here with Bailey and Liz. Um, so just for this topic, when we were looking up like different like uh, stories to cover up to cover in the um, like news whip and everything, I'm sure many people can be aware like certain stories we just kind of don't bother addressing just because they're not really that necessary to talk about. Um, but one that I thought was interesting was a talk from um, Daniel Craig. He on a podcast, I believe, like a little bit ago, it was reported by Q News that in a conversation with his friend Bruce Bozzi, he found that he much prefers going to gay bars over other kinds of bars because he finds that, from his quote, because the aggressive dick swinging in the hetero bars, I just got sick of it as a kid because it's like I don't want to end up being a punch up. And I did. I would happen, that would happen quite a lot. So he says that he feels much safer in gay bars and that another quote from that is everybody was chill. Everybody. You didn't have to, you you didn't really have to sort of state your sexuality. It was okay. And it was a safe place to be. I could meet girls there because there were a lot of girls there for exactly the same reason I was there. It was kind of an ulterior motive. So the, as like probably so people are aware, like Don Craig is straight. Like he has, he has a wife, doesn't he? (laughs) Why do I know? Oh, does he? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. But so far, like when rumors have been addressed, if he is or not, if he is queer or not, he has stated like, "No, I am straight." Mm. Um. So it's been a, it's a bit of a contentious topic in the case of like, like should people that aren't queer be allowed to go into gay bars? Like, obviously, you should. There shouldn't be a requirement to prove mm. if you're queer or not. Like, that's absolutely what shouldn't be allowed Mm. but like it's always been a bit contentious the idea of like people that aren't queer going to a place that is meant to be a safe place for queer people yeah definitely I think it raises a really good point um and I understand people wanting to be safe um but at the same time it's like gay bars are there to be safe places for gay people and I think uh what might raise an alarm bell for me is that 
um, that, you know, they might go in there and see a bunch of gay people and they'll be like, yeah, I'm not homophobic and they'll be fine. But if they see, like, I, I just feel like if cishet people walk in and see, like, trans, like, act, mm-hmm. like, very obviously trans people and their behavior, you know, if they're not used to being around queer people or trans people, I just don't trust them to, like, do a good job of, of no, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, well, like, to be fair, it's, it's well, not to be fair, it's just the fact of, like, in reckless society, like, they have, like, trans and non-binary and, well, just queer people in general, they just have to deal with so much flack mm. from, from cis-hetero people and it's just, like, this is just one sort of spot where they're allowed to feel mm. safe and they shouldn't have to worry about them coming in and uh, worry, they shouldn't have to worry about cis hetero people coming in and invading that space and making them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and it just makes me wonder what kind of bars Daniel Craig has been going to. Just like, w- w- <laughs> where are these bars where there are just punch ups all the time? Like, surely there are some really chill, like generic mainstream bars. Yeah. What kind of places are you going to? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, uh, like again like it, there shouldn't there should never be a sort of requirement of like proving whether or not you're queer mm. or not like that should never be a requirement if you are if you if you know you're queer then you should be like then you, you should be allowed to go it's just a case of like mm. if you are like cis and hetero and you want to go to a gay bar like act with respect yeah. like if you're going like Don't I think the thing that bothers me was just that whole yeah, I think the, the what bothers me is that whole ulterior motive of going to pick up, like him saying he's going to there to pick up girls as well, and a lot of girls were going there for the same mm. reason. It's just like, well, that's the thing. Well, a lot of cis women that I've heard from doing things like that are going because they don't want to be hit on. They want to hang out with their friends and dance. So he's actively yeah. being that dude bro that's like, oh, I've discovered their secret hideout. I'm going to go bother some women now. Like it just I, – I, I understand I it with hiding. women like in a way, like cishet women. I understand why they want a safe space. I don't I don't want mm-hmm. them coming to gay bars, but like if, if they're respectful and behave and don't make it all about them and don't, you know, do the yes queen, you know, like – if they're yeah, just exactly. chilling, I you know, no one's really going to notice or care. But if they're there to um, be obnoxious or, like, what really bothers me is, like, girl groups that go out on hen's nights because you're oh, just, yeah. like, spraying the gender binary as well at people who, like, don't care. <laughs> they just don't want that stuff in their face like hen's nights are the most heterosexual thing i can think of um it's true and like yeah i hate when that happens if someone's just coming and being quiet and having a drink and dancing with their friends i won't notice or give a shit but yeah yeah i think especially for cishet men i really don't like that because you've got plenty Mm -hmm. of safe spaces out there walking down the street is a safe space yeah like being able to go out alone at night is a safe space for you like if you're a white cishet man so I just think I'm not a particular fan I don't know what do you think like what's your take here I'm like I'm of the opinion like I agree like if you like 
if you're not part of like the environment that this place that a gay bar is welcoming, then you shouldn't be going to it. Like, I'm not going to be actively like criticizing everyone mm-hmm. if like, like if I meet someone that is like cis hetero and they're kind of like, oh no, I like to go to gay bars. I feel safer there. Like, I'm not going to criticize them. I just, I, what well, the thing that really grinds my gears are the people that go to these bars and then act offended when they get hit on mm. by like by like queer guys or girls or trans trans men mm. and women and or non-binary people it's just like you've come to a place where these people feel safe they're going most likely they're going to assume you were there for the same reason mm. do not be offended that they come up to you and try to hit on you assuming that you are like mm. them like also just like culturally for queer people bars are like one of the few places I feel in Australia where you can just you know like say the 70s and 80s you could just go cruising you know they're like in America there are like really specific places and there are quite a few of them you know publicly that are cruising areas but like there aren't that I know of as many cruising areas here and so bars are like the place Mm. so it's (laughs) it's really embarrassing for people who are there to hit on women right like cis men that are there to hit on women for them to be like offended when they get hit on in a place that's for dating and hooking up and being queer um but yeah I guess the other nuance of it is that um are these places safe anyway I know there's one gay bar in Mm -hmm. Melbourne that doesn't let in anyone who they don't perceive as like a gay man um and that's quite unusual Mm. like I think you have to get really special permissions in Victoria to be able to exclude a gender um to your club or to whatever your organization is um but Think there's one place like that and then others they just will keep you in lot li- in the line outside if you like don't look like the clientele they want which is a classic mm-hmm. you know nerdy looking men or whatever like stereotypical stuff like that but then in terms mm-hmm. of um in terms of like yeah inclusivity at, at queer spaces like it's not good it's <laughs> so that that's another level of it I think is that while mm-hmm. uh queer people might be like really upset about like having to see straight people in their spaces it's also like just remember to include trans people and not assume someone's gender um if if you find each other hot you find each other hot like that's it's like obviously like the last thing I want to be doing is encouraging more exclusion in like the Mm. LGBTQIA plus community because that we have an issue enough of that Mm. already um but like yeah it's just a case of like the fact that it like the fact that people come there and the fact that people come to these kind of places and just like get offended or like are shocked when they kind of with what they see there where it's just kind of like this place people need to understand like cis hetero people need to understand that gay bars weren't made for Mm. them they were made for a specific clientele for them to feel Mm. safe you were being allowed into that space because like well yeah you you were being allowed into that space where people 
try to get away from you. Yeah, literally. <laughs> in the very yeah, you should in the very least like be respectful of that. Like, yeah, it's making the space you sh- you tense often when yeah yeah exactly. Um, there's a lot more we could go into on this. Um, what what are your experiences <laughs> like? Um, with gay bars. I've been to one just because, like, it was honestly because mainly because lockdown's just been fun <laughs> like that, so I haven't been able to go mm, out anywhere. I haven't been out in so long. <laughs> honestly. Uh, um, but, like, at, like, at that point, like, I had to find enough time. Like, I didn't have to worry about anything then, mainly because I was just with, like, just some other queer friends of mine. I just stuck with mm. them. But... Um, like it would still be like I just because I didn't see it myself doesn't mean I know it's I doesn't mean I know it's not an issue or mm. something like yeah um I have a really good case study actually of the one of two gay bars in my hometown um so one of them was like a $20 entry, which was always ridiculous. Um, but they had Jeez. quite good like production of of drag shows, um, sort of between like DJ mixes. Um and so that was cool, but we never really went. It was an older clientele because they could afford to pay the entry fee. Um and then there was mm. another one that um was a five dollar entry fee so all the like young uni students would go there and that was one of my that was my first gay bar I think when I sort of was 18 um and that was really fun actually they they have a really good vibe they have quite a long history in the town and um I think (laughs) yeah and I like made out with a few very pretty girls there as well. <laughs> that was good um and they they had some like fun drag performances too um but a few years ago there was a big drama because um they started more um DJs in just like popular sort of DJs because um it was just like getting a lot of people like it was it was drawing crowds people were paying more um for the to go to those nights and it started to get really, really hetero um, because, oh. of, yeah, because queer people weren't, like, in that in that specific town, um, queer people were, like, still more into grunge and, like, pop punk and, you know, um, a little more emo. And then, like, the cishet guys were really big on, like, they were all very try hard the like they'd all, DJs. yeah they'd all try they'd all buy their own decks and like try and be DJs at like pool parties and stuff it was a bit embarrassing um mm. for them but <laughs> yeah so they ended up sort of becoming the main clientele at this place um and so <laughs> a few a couple gay people set up a petition to keep it queer like keep the bar queer um oh yeah and it got a lot of support and then the bar released all these statements saying they were going to keep like things queer but they weren't going to you know be able to police like who like what you know identities um came to the bar and and all of that and yeah it got a lot of backlash and I don't I don't think it's ever really recovered because it did they were going through like some really expensive renovations at the time as well and it made it feel more like a straight 
kind of mainstream bar. And it's just mm. disappointing because that's one of, you know, like when it's your sort of, <laughs> when you've like lost your gay bar virginity at this bar and then it becomes like <laughs> a straight breeding ground for like average DJs. No, I don't know anything about DJing really. So just, you know, maybe they're good. I don't know. But like, yeah, it, <laughs> it was very disappointing. So I think that's my message. That's my takeaway is like, if you're straight, don't make the bar about you. Like, don't do the, you know, centering yourself and, you know, don't make song requests. Don't mm. make a big deal out of thing, like anything that you're there, that someone's hit on you. Um, don't use it to pick people up. I I think that's my one, like, yes. hard and fast rule is, like, don't use gay bars to do your straight business. Exactly. Like, treat it like you are going over to someone's mm-hmm. house. You are a guest there. You do not have the right to do whatever you want. Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin with your hosts, Bailey and Liz. Um, we're just going to be going into a good little um, interesting little topic now. You, again, we, as I said before, you would have noticed that Bailey is now going by a different name just for today, just to test it out a bit and everything. So, well, Bailey, you take it away. <laughs> yeah. So something I've been thinking about for a long time is like names and also, you know, other transition related things. Um, I changed my pronouns like two or three years ago now, although I haven't like been very good at telling people I'm close with, which I need to improve on definitely. Um, It's my like twisted relationship with the concept of coming out that I just find, I like think about it and I find it so exhausting that I never want to do it. Um, It's a little bit immature, but it's also like my protest against like expectations of coming out. Um, yeah, so like as someone who is kind of on the fence about a lot of things with, um, like medical transition, presentation, like, yeah, it's been kind of complicated trying to like settle on anything, especially being like fairly fluid with my gender. I don't, I don't like... Yeah, I feel differently every day about, like, my body or my presentation or whatever. And usually it's not, like, super – like, it doesn't take up a lot of my brain space. Like, I'm always aware of it, right? But it's not taking up a lot of my brain space. And so I haven't really had to, like, actively worry about it. But then lately I've been like, oh, I kind of – like wait let me go back so like a year ago or a year and a half ago I was like I think I'll change my name (laughs) and so and I haven't even tried any out yet I just made like a list of like fairly androgynous names some of them weren't androgynous but like to me they were you know well I think that's fair like I I think most names Mm -hmm. can appear like to one like to one person or one culture they can seem like fairly Mm. like one side of the binary but there are plenty of names that I've heard that I originally thought were very like one side of the binary, but then like I learned, oh no, they're not, and just mm. move on from there. So that's completely fair. Yeah, and that makes a great point with the fact that I don't want to change my first name. 
even though Laura is like a fairly feminine name or it do, it's never felt feminine to me but obviously people assume the gender right mm. um because it's literally a gendered name in Italian it's like the a is feminine um but my middle name is really feminine and I've never related to it and so that's what I want to change to Bailey but then I kind of want to use Bailey as like my everyday like nickname but if people know me as Laura I also don't mind them using it interchangeably kind of like interchangeable pronouns you know yeah that's fair so I'm trying Bailey I tried Ira actually that was the only other name I've tried with people and that was when I joined like a queer organization so I tried Ira for a bit and I liked it but not enough and yeah and I and I can't change my name to Laura Ira you know like (laughs) so I couldn't do that it was going to have to be my first name. And then I realized I kind of like the legacy of Laura because it sort of like comes from my Italian heritage. And it also is a name that like my mum really wanted one of her kids to have. Yeah, that's So cool. I don't want to get rid of it. But I was like my middle name, not my fave. And that one also has a legacy to it, which is why I've been hesitant about changing it. But I'm sort of like that name that name gives me dysphoria you know yeah yeah a hundred percent like yeah like I like obviously like I am cis and currently like I have no interest in changing my name so a lot of like what I say here can be taken with a grain of salt um but like I've always been of the opinion that when it comes to like gender and everything euphoria is way more is like the most important part of that so if you find Mm. a name or like the pronouns that make you so much happier then that that's a done deal so it's like mm. yeah keep experimenting with different names and like as you said like you weren't as happy with Ira and you seem like much you like you seem much happier with Bailey right now and no doubt like you'll keep practicing with different names and everything and the one that makes you the mm. happiest to hear people address you as then done deal And so I've I've never even introduced myself as something that's not my legal name. So part of it is just feeling weird about the change and not even like disliking the the name itself. Yeah. Um and also like so yeah, Bailey doesn't exactly feel like me, but it doesn't feel like not me. <laughs> you know, and I think that's a thing for a lot of people that's kind of confusing to talk about because like I'm someone who really wants to be sure about something before I make an announcement, which is why it took me so long to tell people my pronouns and my Mm. gender other than the, you know, like bitterness about having to come out. Um, So, yeah, I guess guess this is my little experiment. Like in my small town at the moment, I'm not really going to introduce myself as Bailey too much. Um, But I'm sort of thinking, you know, with like close friends, like on queer things like this and um, eventually with my family, Mm. I'm going to start doing it and (laughs) hopefully I'll be comfortable with Bailey. But like if I'm not, I also need to be okay with like saying that, you know, I think it's that that thing of feeling like you can't backtrack on your name and a lot I've seen a lot of trans people change their name like a few years down the line like a second time yeah that's and that's fine too yeah exactly but I (laughs) I always want to be so sure of myself so I I really 
I find it annoying that I can't just like be chill with it you know no no I 100% get that I could be very indecisive I'll always be like am I gonna regret this like (laughs) exactly (laughs) and then you have to go through the awkwardness of it all again and like yeah yeah it's it's frustrating no I 100% get that like when it comes to names Mm. and everything like again I've as I said, like I'm currently very comfortable with my name. And I think one thing with the name Elizabeth, um, mm. it is a very versatile name. It's got a lot – it can vary a lot on what you want because like you can have Liz, Lizzie, Eliza. Um, mm. I've had like – I've had Lizzybeth sometimes as a nickname. I've had mm. um, sometimes Loz. I've had um, – some people even go like Libby or Beth or Betty – like mm. I have an aunt, I have I have, I have a great aunt who's got the legit exact same name as me, like first name mm. and middle name, last name, and mm-hmm. we call her Auntie Betty. And it's so it feels part of it feels kind of surreal to me because I've always been gone by like usually just Elizabeth or Liz. Mm. So whenever I hear someone say like, oh, um, like be- like Beth or Betty, I'm just like. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really like I think I kind of wish I had that um like the intuitive like that's right or that's not right. Like you hear of those trans people who tell their stories about picking their name and they like the first time someone calls them it they're like that's me. Mm, yeah. And I'm like I've never had that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I remember um, this was one time in school and I'll give a slight content warning for it because like inherently it does when I think about it feel a little transphobic. Mm. Um, One thing that like with a bunch of girls that I, I say trepidantly was friends with, you know, the kind of girls you kind of hang out with, but you don't really hang out with them, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, They had this hilarious idea that, for a bit we would figure out what like the male equivalent of our names are and just start calling us by that name so Mm. like I they got my name because they often called me Lizzie and they'd say we'll call you Lewis and it like like in one way like it was kind of like a fun thing to try out but at the same time like I hated it I absolutely hated it (laughs) like I was just like that's not my name don't call me that. Like I just stopped addressing people if they referred to me by that name because it was just like that's I'm not comfortable with that. And I think like and I, for people that have like like with like dead names and everything, I think it's like it's like obviously I'm not trying to compare experiences or anything, but like I, it's kind of like it feels like a bit similar to how it is with like dead names. Like be respectful and just if they tell you that they're not happy with the name you're calling them be respectful wise up and call them by the name they want yeah it's like why why be attached to a name you know I think like I, I do feel weird about like my middle name is like named after an old family friend and she's like since passed away and I never met her um but I think I was just born like soon after she passed away and so I feel like there's a bit of a legacy Mm. in that but I'm sort of thinking I might like I don't know I don't want the name you know like I know that and I feel bad about that but I can't you know I can't do anything about that and I've seen trans people who have said like I let my mum call me my dead name because 
there is a family legacy and that's the only person I'm okay with doing that. And I think that's cool, you know, like if you're like if you're genuinely comfortable, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just something that your parents have, you know, pushed on you that they desperately want you to be named that name that they gave you. Um yeah, and yeah, I think like in my family as well, names have like been fairly fluid anyway. Like my brother just changed his last name entirely to like he just got married to his like long-term fiance and they've both changed their last name to something entirely like different from each of their own names. Like oh, they didn't cool. mix them or hyphenate. They just got a new name that they were like, yep, that's us. That's cool. Good for them. That's who we are as a family now. And I like, I don't love, <laughs> I don't love the name, but like, it's not my choice, you know, yeah. like it doesn't matter that I don't love the name. Um, and my other brother, he, started just calling himself an entirely different first name in like high school when he went there the first day he introduced himself as a completely different name and he wouldn't answer to anybody um who called him his like um first name his legal first name for years and he goes by that name to this day and there's no like reason for it he just liked it and it's like all right, fingers crossed that my family is cool with me just being like, I'm going to be Bailey sometime. That's, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, like, uh, hopefully, yeah. definitely hopefully that'll work out and everything. Like my family has always been very um, traditional. Like more, like, like, I, like I've only ever come out to my like close family because like I just haven't felt comfortable yet like coming out to the rest of them. Plus I don't see them very often. So it just kind of is one of those things that just never comes up. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but like a lot of them have those very traditional names that kind of like go back through the years so like Mm. there are like there are just so many people in like both sides of my family that are either Peter or John like I've been (laughs) I have been told that if I was born a boy like yeah born like a boy I would have been called John and I'm sitting or James and it's just like okay you guys love the Mm. they love the Peter John and James Oh wow! Yeah, that is yeah, and your name's quite traditional, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Or already, yeah. so it's like it's like that or Louise. Like that's mm. my grandma's name, and that's and that's henceforth like one of my sister's middle names, like Catherine, mm. uh, Margaret, Mary. Uh, wow! Yeah, very very um, like good Christian names. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like my grandma was reportedly. <laughs> those very very christian catholic ladies Mm, yeah yeah um are there any sort of like what what do you call like you know queer milestones or anything that you feel are like applicable to your life at the moment we've talked a lot about my name choices and obviously i want to address that if like we've got listeners who've heard me on the show all year but yeah i just want to hear from you as well liz that's fair i mean like I did address it like got a, a we might must have been like two seasons ago or something like that but like <laughs> with like some of the cosplayers I do and everything like a lot of them are masculine presenting and I do like mm. and I really enjoy how I look in those mm. like like in when I present that way and like so like I'll be honest like I haven't given it much thought since then but I have like done that cosplay like since then and again like the same sort of feeling of like I really enjoy this cosplay it's like one of my favorites like like Mm. I would say it's a comfort cosplay for me so it's like 
Mm. Yeah, so I think it's one of those things that at some point I really do need to sit down and think about, but currently (laughs) not yet. If it's, like, not pressing and you're feeling comfortable and that's, you know, all that really matters, like, you can just vibe with it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of it, mainly, like, right now, like, I'm just kind of... I think because, again, like, we are in lockdown and everything, so there hasn't been much time to, like, explore it just because there's more... Not really opportunities to go out. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, (laughs) that's fair enough. It is, yeah, it's feeling a bit, like... I guess bland is the word, like not being able to go to queer events and queer clubs and things. Like I thought I wasn't much interested in that, but I'm finding myself really uninterested in like, and this is just me, by the way, like just online queer stuff. I know it's really good for some people, but yeah, I'm just like, eh, like I don't, like the chat rooms is what I mean. Yeah, I don't no I don't fair. know about like the chat rooms. Obviously this show is awesome because we get to like talk about it and engage, but I think I just feel like I'm not engaging with queer culture when it's just like a Discord server. Oh no. Do you know what 100%. I mean? hundred percent. Like I'm part of so many different like Discord servers and everything and mm. I'm just like I'm just present on them. I'm I hardly ever mm. communicate on them. I'm more likely to be like talking in my like DMs with friends and stuff like that. So Yeah. Like yeah, 100%. Like, I get that. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's easy to kind of feel you kind of feel yourself disconnecting from that and just, like, I'd rather be talk actually talking yeah. to people and seeing people face-to-face and, like, yeah. getting that, like, full-on sure. experience that way over, like, mm-hmm. just, like, through a chat room. Yeah, queer – being queer, like, obviously you, you can be innately queer, obviously, but, like – I feel I just feel like my identity does not exist in a vacuum and I would like to lately I'm really interested in just like engaging in like genuinely queer spaces and doing things with queer people and like yeah yeah I guess I'm just like at that point where I'm really over the online like um stuff like even even like one day you and I have to do a show in the studio together like we've never met in person I want I want to do it in the studio that'd be really fun I agree yeah um and we could actually listen to the songs we're playing like at the time and do a live show which would be super scary because we swear too much (laughs) also very fun though yeah oh like the absolute panic of like us just reaching for that the reaching for the dumb button like no can't say that yeah (laughs) for our listeners Um, you don't know how much gets cut out of this show (laughs) yeah listeners you've got to know (laughs) way too much swearing and i i feel like i've missed one or two in the past so that's fair yeah like engagement with anything right now is low because of lockdowns and burnout and stuff but it's been like awesome just to have our like regular thing and like sometimes Sammy comes on sometimes we do like an interview like or special guests that's what feels connected to queer stuff and not just like you know online chats which like obviously serve like their own purpose but cannot be the only form of queer like Interaction. engagement yeah yeah I, I get that yeah. like that's kind of one of the reasons why I joined loud and queer because like loud and queer is like the f- 
like the first sin show I ever worked on would have been like 1700 and stuff. And even then that was when it was sort of collaborating with RMITV. But mm. then like when I started really, like when I officially like joined sin and got like everything organized through that, again, it was mainly for, for 1700. Um, mm. Like the second I saw like the application for Loud and Queer come up, I was just kind of like, I never really connected that much with like, that queer side of me because again there was that kind of thing Mm. of like I'm bi what do I do now like because I have some friends that are queer but I just that was kind of like my only real interaction with it like I kind of thought like well let's kind of start getting a bigger broader worldview on it like I want to and I and I love this show it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorites so oh (laughs) yay (laughs) I'm really glad Welcome back to Loud and Clear on Sin. You're listening with Bailey and Liz. Um, and now we're just going to jump into our Froth or Not for the week. So, oh, Bailey, what I almost called you Lauren. <laughs> so, Bailey, what was your Froth for this week? Um, mm, my Froth for this week. Well, I this is a little one, but I got a, a little bit of new, like, audio gear. Um, so... Yeah, um, I finally ordered a, a pop filter for my microphone. I don't know if you can tell the difference if I'm like, ooh. <laughs> like, what is the mic test? Um, and then I, I got like a fuzzy. Oh, yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> I'll actually show you on, um, on camera. I got this fuzzy guy for my Zoom recorder. <laughs> It looks like one of the trolls. Oh, yes. Like the little do you remember those? It does. Yeah, it does. It's I remember so them. Good. So. But yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm very stoked. Um because Yeah, I've just I've been trying to do field recordings with the Zoom, but because every time I go outside the wind noise obviously gets really picked up in Zooms and mm. like you can't angle them in a certain way to fix that because they're x y so yeah it's just been like a mess um, until until now and now I'm really excited no that's great um yeah like I've been doing a little bit of recording with my uh cool. currently with my microphone um just mainly for like school uni and stuff like the current like assessment I'm working on has been like a horror mm. podcast with my friends so that's been fun like just kind of getting used to using the mic in a different setting. I ended up having to go because the time when I was trying to record my lines, um, my neighbours decided to have a pool party. Oh, so <laughs> I had to wait until like later at night and then I went outside into my dad's car and just recorded everything <laughs> in there. That way, because like obviously it's horror, like there's meant to be like some loud moments mm. to it. So I had to like. Like so, it was a place where I could like be loud without disturbing anyone in the mm. house and not having to worry about noise from the house mm. bothering me. So, what's the podcast about? Uh it's well, it's a horror-based podcast. It's called um, the current title we've got for it is called Six Feet Frequency, mm. and it's about like someone that's running a radio show. Oh yeah. Um, that like isn't doing too well and it's done late at night and what they do is they provide advice on like how to stop supernatural hauntings oh cool only yeah only things go wrong when an actual demon calls into the show and Mm. the now the frequency's now got a direct connection to hell 
Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, so it's meant to be like a setup for like a full-on series mm. that like it's so it's more of a pilot episode, but yeah, it's been fun so far. That's so exciting. I haven't worked on any like fictional podcasts, but like some stuff that's coming out is insanely like just fun and talented and cool. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to work on. I think mm. the only um struggle has been like doing it online because originally we planned my like my partner and I we planned to do it on work partner not partner partner I was gonna say have you been withholding some information Liz (laughs) (laughs) my like my friend like Mm. we um like we originally planned to like go to like RMIT and record in the editing suites but like lockdown so we've been like doing it separately so it's like sending the audio files over to one another like Mm. slowly recording it and piecing it together like that that's like frustrating but it's kind of a good story at the same oh, time. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 frustrating, but it's mm. also fun. Like in that mm. regard, like we're both really excited with how it's turning out. So hopefully, hopefully it's all finished by Monday when it's due. Yeah, oh, that's exciting. Are you gonna be airing it anywhere? Uh, we might try and air it to Spotify or something, mm. but we'll see. We'll see how we go. It might be. Mm. <laughs> I'll make sure to keep everyone updated. So yeah, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin with Bailey and Liz. Welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin. Today we basically just talked about, as you saw, we had just a little quick froth or not. We had a bit of talk about like queer culture and queer names, just what they mean to us. Then um, we just had a bit of a good talk about um, like, gay bars and just like the the culture in there and like whether or not hetero straight straight cis people should be welcome in there and of course our regular news whip if you want to talk to if you want to reach out to us about anything we talked about today you can reach out to our twitter and instagram at sin loud that's at syn loud or loud and queer on facebook you can also check out um you can also listen to this podcast or any of the previous podcasts on um, on any of the major streaming services, so that would be Stitcher, Omi, Spotify, Apple Music, and yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, um, we hope you're having a lovely Sunday afternoon if you're listening to this on Sunday. Um, and next week we're going to be interviewing someone from um, Queer Space Drummond Street about um, vaccine access for LGBTQIA plus people and um, creating a safe space for those people to um, go and get vaccinated against COVID. You can also listen to all the music we've played on this show and every other show on the Spotify playlist, The Loud and Queer Mixtape 2021. And yeah, we'll see you next Sunday at three. Thank you. I feel like I'm going to say like Laura and Bailey by accident at some point. I would love. I nearly did it. I would love if you did. I just... <laughs> it's just me. Talking to yourself. Me, myself and I. Okay. <laughs>